Hello, listeners! Welcome to the measure of an episode, where today we will be discussing the Enterprise episode. But it is our continuing mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek, and not just an episode that is apparently going to be highly contested between the two of us. Yeah, well, it's not just a reboot of the TNG episode, where Riker gets down with like a member of an androgynous race. Like that's It's basically that episode, oh, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. true, that's a good point, that is a good point. Uh, I did yeah. not. I did not even consider that. But we do. We review these episodes and analyze them using three criteria. I'm Jonathan, and I'm Paul. And these three criteria by which we we analyze these episodes. Number one, is there science fiction explored in the episode? Number two, is this is the presentation of this science fiction novel or unique in some way? And number three, is there a a tale of morality, as it were, an ethical uh, problem? And I'm Paul. And I'm Jonathan. And this week okay. we watched uh, Cogenitor, the episode, the second, 22nd episode of the second season of Enterprise. And I am doing that all for memory. I do not have the blurb. So <laughs> I only have the first half of the blurb. It must be the first half. <laughs> so Enterprise encounters a hypergiant, the first to be studied by humans. There, they contact the Vissians, a sophisticated race with three genders. Okay. Again, it seems like it's one of those where the guy who blurbs DS9 wrote that, and this one was uh, not troubleshot, um, randomly picked for quality control, and they were like, whoa, whoa, no, you missed the second plot where right. <laughs> got to add that in. Wait, wait, this doesn't make sense. I think you had a, an error that I'm sure was only on this one. So fix this one error. I won't bother. I'll, I'm, I, it's actually very serendipitous that we caught the one error that you probably made in this whole series. Right. What are the odds? Uh, what are the odds that I caught it? Um, I mean, I guess one out of 176-ish? How many episodes were it? No. No. That's, that's, well, there's 178 Enterprise or uh, Next Generation episodes. Okay. So okay. And there's like far 78 fewer. of TOS. Yeah. And I think this one is round. It's just under 100, I, I believe. Anyway, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely staying in. I'm sure it'll stay in. Um, yes, this was very reminiscent of that TNG episode. I don't know the name of it, but of course Riker has sex with a with a sexless race. Mm-hmm. And that's just immediately how awesome starts. Is. Yeah. Of course it would be Riker. <laughs> and Riker immediately starts advocating for some reason, I don't remember what that reason is, but it is sort of the same thing where he feels that there is some some bigotry happening. Well, I think wasn't she? I feel like she was leaning toward a gender. I, f- I thought that that was the situation. She was leaning toward a gender. And, and that might have been it. Yeah, and, and they don't like that. Yeah, race didn't like that. And so they they basically brainwashed her, wiped her emotions. Um, you know, despite his his fight for her wanting to like for her rights for her what she what she genuinely wanted. Right. This is. I mean, both of these episodes are sort of. Uh, disguised as human rights lectures, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't, let me, so nothing happens in this episode. So let me just give the quick rundown. They encounter this super advanced race. They're super nice and super inviting. They're giving them lots of advice and technology, and everybody loves everybody. There don't, don't there don't seem to be any bad apples in this whole thing. Yeah, and then. Trip finds out they have a third a third gender, and this third gender is subjugated and uh, pushed into the corner, as it were. Uh, they even call them its and not he's or she's, which could have been cool uh, in another show. But essentially, um, Snip, 
Snip gets pissed about this because he thinks that uh, he, he gets his tail in a worry. Is that a saying? Sure. <laughs> gets his tail in a worry. Gets his tail in a worry and starts advocating for it. Um, although it is a woman, it's played by a woman. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it would have been different if it had been a man playing this part. Um, I think that there's something about Trip caring for this, this it who is a woman. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was probably a, a, a conscious choice for it to be well, played by a woman. And this, this episode absolutely would have had a trans actor at this point. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Snip gets in trouble because he teaches it to read and write. And, uh, eventually because he opens the eyes uh, of it uh, to all of these wonderful things that it is missing out on. He tries to get, what's it called? When you, uh, asylum, asylum mm-hmm. on, on the Enterprise. Archer says, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, too much at stake. I actually don't know why he explicitly says no. No, he doesn't um, explicitly say no. He says, you know, she asked for asylum and the other culture was like, we don't do that, especially for that rate, that for them, for those it's. Right. And uh, of course, I mean, that, that doesn't seem like enough of an explanation. It's like uh, this person is asking for asylum from um, being put upon by your government. And uh, they say, oh, well, we don't we don't do that. It's like, oh, OK, well, then uh, we, we decline the asylum. <laughs> it's like usually it doesn't work that way. Uh, but again, this is asylum before the is usually prime, prime directive. Like, you know, so the, the whole idea was like there's there kind of the original point of enterprise was that they were supposed to be establishing the prime directive and right they were writing the rule book yeah as they were exploring yeah. right um that got too but boring. so anyway just to finish to finish yes, to finish the yes. quick uh recap yes. uh basically because she's had her eyes open to the world around her and then will be forced back into her cage mm-hmm. uh she commits suicide uh trip feels terribly responsible archer's pissed End of episode. That's all that happens. Yep. Um, and so now that that's out of the way, we can actually talk about um, other things <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> because nothing happens. Like up to 30 minutes. I remember looking at it. It was like, is something going to happen in this episode? Right. Is, the, like, is, right, is there conflict? Th- right. That's going to present itself? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you may think that, oh, this checks all the boxes of our criteria. One, uh, science fiction, There, the fact that there is a race that has three genders, mm-hmm. uh, very interesting, lots to explore there. Um, is it novel? Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I, that's the – because there obviously is an ethical problem right. going on in this episode. Exactly. But I, I don't think it's novel. I think because of the TNG episode mm-hmm. and because it is so just perfunctorily explored – it is just they spend so much time talking about this person has rights and they're smart and they deserve to do this and that. It's like that's supposed to be the the math that we're doing in the background, not you punching us in the face with it. That shouldn't be what all the dialogue is about. The dialogue, the diegesis, if you will, should be about them exploring the differences between the two races, what it means to be that third race, and maybe being a little bit more mysterious about it. And they, they kind of had a little bit of mystery at the beginning when they kind of had the, you know, the, the angsty – I thought it was going to be their angsty kid. <laughs> I was just you know, playing Xbox. <laughs> OK. And it wasn't, strangely. Um, but it, I don't know. I feel like this is why it is not a proper Star Trek episode because it is not – in a novel approach. Right. Um, well, yeah, and I think I, I completely forgot about the TNG episode. And I think what I feel should have happened was, you know, he he's complaining to everybody who's saying it's not your problem. Like, leave it alone. And instead of like, I've, I think that Archer should have come back 
about halfway, two thirds through the episode, not near the end, and been informed of everything and been like super pissed at Archer or not at Archer at Skip, but um, spent the like spent the rest of the time defending him because this has now presented itself. You know, it's one of those things where like it's a it's a united front outside uh outside of closed doors but behind closed doors he is adamantly opposed to everything that trip has done um and i think that you know and and i think then it should have been explored because it was so i what irritated me was that conversation in the the in the conference room because it just seemed so abbreviated and i felt like that was you know that that's the part that should have been explored was um you know why why don't they have rights why you know and that that conversation should have taken place and i feel like then it would have been more of a novel approach because we would have seen how this was different from that tng episode what they should have done was made the the problem so it was not so so cut and dry, so black and white, where we would obviously side with Trip, and obviously not side with the with the other race, and make it a little bit more gray, shades of gray, yeah? which is also a uh, Star Trek episode. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, shades of gray is it? Yeah. So why not do that? Why does it have to be so? Uh, uh, I don't know preschool type mm-hmm. of problem this is the, right it, I, mm-hmm. that's what that to me is is almost more important than it being unique or novel it, it has to be i don't know it's something that you can sink your teeth into that you you get to the end of the episode and you're like who do i it's sort of like the perfect pitch thing we were talking about that no one else has heard in the patreon you can go listen to our perfect pitch conversation in the patreon and how we don't feel sorry for them but anyway <laughs> uh <laughs> the the idea that why not make it why not make it a discussion try and find if you have to have it be a real life analog try and find something where there there is no real answer to it mm-hmm. that they have their their side we have our side and we're just going to butt heads about it this entire time right. not oh you're basically putting this person into a cage uh, that's just how our society is. What do you mean that's bad? It's like, okay, you have to realize that it's bad, right? Even the whole conceit that they don't think it's wrong makes no sense because they are this supposedly super advanced, hyper advanced. They they haven't come to this conclusion that subjugating people is bad. Right. I mean, it's also, they, they said it like it's 3% of the population or something like that. And they're, they're essentially walking incubators. And, you know, so I can, I can see that perception, especially if they're never given the opportunity to, well, saying all this out loud, like there absolutely would be people on the planet like Trip. And even that, that would have, that would have been a great, a a great way to at least show Mm -hmm. that they weren't just a terrible race of people. Right. That they weren't a Nazi race that just were nice to people. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they would have said, oh, it's one of them. We have these these types of people who are always advocating for these people that we keep in cages, and I don't understand what their what their problem is. Right. We feed them water. <laughs> right. Right. Like we take care of them. Yeah. They're like they we we feed them once a day. We we let them go outside to to get some sunlight, like, and then they go back into their cage. Right. Like we we take care of them. What's the problem? Yeah. yeah. What is the bi- what is the big problem here? <laughs> and I just I I feel like. It's hard to get on. It's hard for it to be a science fiction slash Star Trek episode when you don't have that battle. Right. You don't have that. Like, where's the bat? Like, the fact that Archer was, you're ruining this. I can't believe you're you're letting such a, just a regular culture difference. And even uh, Skip says that. 
He's like, this isn't taking your shoes off outside before you come in. Mm-hmm. That we're talking about a person here. Right. And that, was, that actually was probably the best line of the show because it sums up the, the argument really well. And it just, I don't know, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I felt like the end was was a little bit more impactful. Um, I felt like the end was a little bit more impactful than apparently you did because I it was you know it was just Trip being stubborn and headstrong through the whole thing, and then for there to be like a legitimate consequence. And I felt like Archer's monologue to him was really good too, you know, because he said like if you if you think that this is what I would have done, then I've done a horrible job at showing you like what you know what it means to be take command, which I think is a dishonest. Yeah, is is a dishonest monologue. I I think that were they to were you to take the character of Archer and plug him in to a different episode where this is happening, he would absolutely advocate for the subjugated person. I, I disagree with his with his with that whole speech. Right. Well, and I did too at first until he started asking all the questions that he did with with Trip. You know, did did she ask for any of these things? Um, you know, like it 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 in hindsight, Trip was very much forcing these things upon her which she appreciated but she had never asked for um and i think that that's where the the episode uh fell flat is because it this should have happened earlier so archer could have seen these things and then the the i mean it's it's essentially uh Ro, not roe versus wade um uh dred scott the the dred scott case do you remember that um uh, in civil war me. so the a family took their slaves from their slave state to a free state and then they were done traveling and they went back and their slave, Dred Scott, was like, no, 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 I'm a free man now. You took me into a free state. And then there was the case about whether or not slaves were uh, slaves were individuals or were they property. Um, and, you know, it, it wound up ruling that slaves were property. And so when even if they went into a free state, um, if the the family wanted to move back, the slaves had to go with them. My response to, OK, so this the it whatever her, Charles, I guess was her name. Yeah. <laughs> it's name. Um, if you withhold ice cream from a child mm-hmm. until, until they're seven years old and they will never ask for ice cream. Right. 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 In the sense that if you keep the knowledge about ice cream, so th- does that mean that in, until somebody asks for something that they, that it is wrong to uh, present it as an option, especially when it comes to somebody's freedom and, and, enlightenment you know i i feel like just because yes uh just because they did not ask for help does not mean that they don't need it right and or don't even know that they need it they didn't she didn't know or hit it i keep on saying isn't it we'll say it um didn't even know that she needed help <laughs> see, see. <laughs> did you hear what you just did <laughs> yeah I, I did okay i can't help myself <laughs> Well, it's a female actor playing the role. It's, you know, like I can't, we don't have a third congenital, congenital, so I don't really know whatever. Right. I mean, it is Z, so it's, it's, uh, Zim, I think. Well, the girl, uh, (laughs) didn't know that she didn't need help, right? Or that she needed help. I think that that is a valid point. And that's, that's what should have been explored. Um, you know, like the, the Vissians should have been saying, like, She's she's happy. She's never asked to read. She's never asked for these. She's never asked these questions, you know, and Archer and Trip should have said kind of what you just said, like she she doesn't know first off that she can ask. And second off, the the benefits to asking. And and frankly, the rules of the society were set in a way where it was wrong of her to ask. Mm -hmm. But you set the rules in opposition to her advocating for herself. Right, right. As 
dull as that sounds like it would be, I feel like that's where the A plot and the B plot go hand in hand, and that's what TNG did so well. Like the this is essentially just a, a philosophical well not even a philosophical like an ethical debate and discussion that the two races should have been having and while that conversation is interesting for older people like the b plot should have been uh some kind of uh, sci-fi conflict you know some some problem that they needed to overcome to offset the the discussions that are being had and that way you've got the action while still having the the philosophical debate to go even further with this, so they had these sort of little vignettes where Reed meets the hot lady and they eat cheese. And uh, as they're feeding, like, I actually thought this was where it was going to turn. This is where the conflict was going to come from, because it seems as though the pretty alien lady is seducing Reed right. by feeding him cheese. <laughs> and <laughs> do you remember not too long ago when Reed was super tight lipped to the Andorians about showing his tactical array? to them and all of their uh-huh. tactical situations. Uh-huh. But you feed uh you feed Reed a little bit of cheese and he's just a you know a little puddle after that. Right. You can do whatever you yeah. want. He'll show you whatever you want to see like whatever you want to yep. see about the ship. Yep. No problemo. Um instead of doing that, uh why don't you go to Dr. Flox? And I know you don't like Dr. Flox, but it could have been very interesting to have a little bit of an exploration of not just with the cogenitals, but the the how they're different. Give them some sort of strange difference, like they hibernate or uh, they have three feet or something. Something that's interesting medically that you can give uh, Dr. Flock to sink his, his teeth into instead of just counseling and, and shaming Trip for being bigoted, you know? Right, but to what end? Like how you just wanted to give him a scene? Or yeah, just give them something. As long as we're doing vignettes of where Reed is eating cheese and Archer oh, I see, I see. gets, okay. gets right. to drive a go-kart and <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of those things, get, let there be a little bit of a little bit more science fiction stuff in the science fiction show. Right. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that's kind of why Mayweather and Hoshi like feel so two-dimensional is because they were so underutilized through the series. Right. They were marginalized. In a sense. And I mean, she has one, Hoshi has one line yeah. in it. Well, and, and again, being a brand new species and being the second season, like there should have been more of a language barrier. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Our, our computer can't decipher their language. It's too advanced. How do we do this? And we, you have, you know, dedicate five minutes of them learning how to speak because they're supposed to be super smart. Have them learn how to speak English. That could have been an amazing scene where, you know, you have whatever they're called, the Visians on one side of the room, the humans on another. They hear them talking to each other and they're able to pick out little words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And by the end of the scene, they're speaking basic English. And that's to, to, to highlight how intelligent they are. Yeah. Uh, well, but I mean, it could, it could also have been set up that kind of like um, uh, Jalad, Darmok and Jalad. Um, yep. that not, not that they were speaking in analogies, but, um, but that there was a language barrier preventing the humans from fully understanding what was happening with their three genders. And so, yeah, you know, that would have been cool. It, like it, it could have been that, um, I, I don't know, but just like, I, I don't want it to necessarily be an entire, you know, huge misunderstanding just on the human part where we think that, you know, they have this third gender um being slaves essentially but it just turns out that the language barrier didn't accurately 
translate what they are. Um, well, that's basically what it is, though. They're saying, look, this is our culture. You don't understand it. And then one of the, the alien guys makes the – he sort of tries to make the point of – you know, when you have your servants walking around serving you, what if they came to us for asylum? Right. And, and then Trip sort of quips back, like, well, they're not, we're not making them do anything. They're here voluntarily. And then the guy says, oh, sorry, I didn't understand your culture. Right. And that was sort of the, the one, one, two punch uh-huh. for their own, but it, but it lands flat because obviously uh, you're not, you haven't convinced anybody because you're keeping people in cages. <laughs> right, um, right. You're still the jerks here. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was a great point. You're still an a-hole. Yeah. Um, but, but that was basically the point that they're saying, oh, this is our culture. You don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, back off. I don't know. That, that's the whole crux of the, of the plot line, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, I guess, I guess it was, um, but then trip just kind of ignored it and destroyed their mission. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. It made, even when to Paul reprimands uh, trip for this, mm-hmm. um, by the way, I should say that when she does that, when she says you, you screwed up, this was a, this is a big problem now for our first contact. Um, she, it, <laughs> there is this weird, vague, their, the, their whole rapport between each other is not this sort of officer, officer rapport. There's this little bit extra that they put into it that implies there's either been a past relationship or an imminent one, mm-hmm. right? There's just a little bit of something there where are they, are they doing it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when do they do it? And we've watched a lot of Enterprise by now. And we have not landed on one where there is a definitive answer. Is they yes, are in a relationship, they, right? They are in a relationship. Or they reference one specifically that they were in a relationship. Yeah. Anyway, what was your point? Oh, was that your point? That, that's, that's, okay. That was my okay. point. That, that once again, we are confronted with the very vague, ambiguous relationship of DePaul and, and Trip. Right, right. Will they, won't they, or have they, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I mean I I guess the just the the follow, the final question is um do do the episodes have to hit all three criteria? And I am thinking yes. Yeah. Okay. I think I mean that's the point. To me that's the point of the of having I mean we used to have three criteria and now we you know, do have three it criteria. Always had, no. <laughs> yeah. So I think it has to hit all three. Okay. You know, might as well be stingy about this. I I feel like we always run into this with with Star Trek, like I, I don't think we've run into any bad episodes. We've run into episodes that were that had like a great nugget, and it was just presented in a terrible way. They have a good, mm, what's the word? A good premise where you have a seemingly perfect society, a totally enlightened, technologically advanced, what we want to be. These are these people who who we want to be. These people, however long it takes us to get there, but mm-hmm. these are our models. And then all of a sudden, you put in this dark little element about their society that, oh, not everybody's perfect, right? That's the premise. Right. And then you try and, and weed that out ethically and, and morally. What, uh, how do we get around this? That we, we were idolizing these people five minutes ago, and now we find this thing out about them. And uh, now do we no longer like them? Right. Because of all the things they've accomplished and all the things that they've done for themselves, there's this other thing now that's that's coloring it in a certain way. And uh, is it spoiling it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the fact that the, the prime directive still isn't a part of it, it would have been really interesting to see them, you know, still maybe still have the same ending where she does commit suicide. It does commit suicide. Um, but the like the ship, like they actually managed to convince the Vissians that, yes, this. Well, no, because then it wouldn't commit suicide. 
Um, I don't know. There's just it, the the ethical question that is brought up should have been explored far more than just Trip trying to complain to everybody and not talking to the Vissians about it and not getting anybody on his side to to promote it. Problem with it is that the retort from their side has no is it's it's not a it's arguable bad, stance. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. It's there's no there's no way you can argue for to convince me that yes, we should keep putting this, put these people into boxes, you know, mm-hmm. when we're not using them. Um but yeah, I mean it just I don't know, it's very perfunctory in its exploration, but I just does not hit the second criteria, at least not for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it no. is Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I agree that it's a no. Um, I agree with you on the the second part, uh, and it just it, did you enjoy the episode? No, well, not until the very end. Like I, I thought, <laughs> I, no. <laughs> well, because it was just still trip being obnoxious, you know, and like yeah. not listening to what other people are saying about letting it go, or um, you know, just trying to trying to understand it better, um, you know. And so he and and so like I. I really I really did like the end because Trip there there was there was a negative consequence for his actions you know like she, he did not start a movement for Charles and the the cogenitors he just he ruined that cogenitor's life showed her, showed it what it could have and then took it all away but I the I guess the argument to that is was it's life worth living. No, um, at that point, no. I, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. and I, I guess that's the other part of it too. Like he could tell that it was miserable. I think if it was not necessarily happy with its life, but just didn't know any better. So it, it didn't look despondent. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't, but I, I see where you're, I see what you mean, but I don't think that it was neutral, right? It's not as though it was in, in the, it was behaving in the, in the realm of ignorance, it was it was obviously when you saw it at the table when they were first introduced to the con- congenital, it's obviously upset mm-hmm. or just not neutral, right? They, right? they they played it as such a maybe that would have been more interesting if it didn't obviously look upset exactly and maybe in pain if it just looked like it was fine, like it right. was a robot or right. something. Well, yeah, like it was just it kind of kind of like sitting at the child's table, you know, like it's eating its meal and it's completely fine with being alone from everybody else. And trip comes over and talks to it and learns, you know, that yes, it can talk and you know, it, and he just, it it explains its day and, you know, and he's like, you don't, you don't get to go out with the, with the other two. And it's like, well, no, that just, that doesn't happen, you know? And, and then he starts asking like, can you read? Right. Maybe it would have been better if, it was trying the the congenital, whatever congenitor, um, tried to convince Trip. I don't need this. is This is my life. This right. is this is what I this. You know, this, I don't not make it sort of wondrous for for it or yeah. her. I'm gonna call it her. I can't call it. it. It's just impossible. It just it sounds weird. <laughs> so that would make the ending land a little bit better. Yeah. That. He convinced her that she wanted that she wanted to read or that she wanted to be able to have a name and not exist in a cage. Right. Like he he pushed her into that as opposed to her freely accepting anything and just soaking everything up like like she wanted it. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. would have made it land better. Yeah. And also it would have made it a little bit more interesting that oh yes, you 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 disrupted that. Yes, maybe it's still bad, but a little more forgivable because they don't look like they're actively suffering. Right. Because right. she looked like she was actively suffering <laughs> yeah. at the table. Right. Right. 
Well, and what I thought when I first saw her, like I know that you thought the angsty tween, but what what I thought was that the the outside culture made her uncomfortable. And you know, obviously through through very brief conversation, we learned that she was miserable. But um, but yeah, like I I thought sitting in the Enterprise's cafeteria, she just did not like other aliens. Right. I mean, we didn't know. And that was sort of of the fun mystery part that quickly gets dissolved. (laughs) Quickly, like next scene. And (laughs) that was, that was another thing too, just about this episode on the production side of things. Like I felt every scene just moved at a breakneck pace. Each scene felt like it was not two minutes long. And, and they did intercut. There was a lot of times where they were intercutting between Archer and uh, Trip and Reed and all these different things. And I actually liked the pacing of that. I liked that they weren't all self-contained. Right. That they, they went back and forth. That was kind of fun. And, and maybe they did that later because they felt like this is a boring episode if we just hang on to these little <laughs> vignettes of, of character things. Well, yeah. And that was like it was just a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I mean, this, this is a very yeah. long way of saying that it was it, it just – was not a good episode overall. Like there, there was the premise was great, and this could have been such a powerful, controversial, possibly episode. Um, but it just—it was very safe. It was yeah. a very safe. Yep. Approach to something like this. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, well. well. Well, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> right. Let's let's move on, please. Let's see what we're watching next. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Episode 108, The Battle. 108? Oh my gosh. I know. Have we done an episode one? Or episode one. Have we done a season one uh, next gen? I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't think so either. I didn't realize I was in season five. um, And so I just looked at um, episode, like I was scrolling through the episodes and (laughs) episode two was Darmok. <laughs> and I was like, "Really? The second episode of the series was Darmok?" <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Uh, after waiting for a response to their hails for three days, Captain Picard finds that the Ferengi have discovered the Stargazer, his old ship. Huh, I think I know this episode. I... Also, strange to see the Ferengi so early in TNG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that they were much later. Right. But, uh, it looks like Picard is either on the on the on the set. Well, he's on the set of the Stargazer, <laughs> but on the bridge of the Stargazer, or if he's in the the command, sort of the other bridge when they separate, when the Enterprise separates. Oh yeah, I don't know which one it is. Um, the command bridge. That's what it is. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm excited. A TNG episode. I like oh, I TNG. Well, yeah, and 